Happy Monday, everybody. Well, it is for everybody except for people in Detroit and Baltimore. Yesterday's football game. Okay, and congrats to the other guys, the Chiefs and the Niners. We're doing such a good job, but we're off the subject already. I'm Larry Jacobs. That's football. This is 3K12 Education Talk Radio, and thanks for being with me this uh, January 29th into the end of the month, which I don't think I really had to tell you since it's the 29th. Okay, but you're intelligent people, so you probably would have figured that out all by yourselves. Hey, we got a nice one for you. Today, I got Dr. Robin Stern, Dr. Janet Taddy, who together wrote a book called Emotional Intelligence for School Leaders, which is really a terrific book, and it's based on years and years of experience, years and years of research, et cetera, to, to try to help school leaders manage in these very tough times. It's going to be a nice conversation with Janet and Patty, and I'm looking forward to bringing them on in just a second. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org, ed.org, and that's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity in Education. So please go over and check out everything we do. It's all free for you over there. Our magazine, Equity and Access, a new issue, celebrating our Equity Awards winners. All the information about the Equity Awards, uh, all the podcasts we do are over there, uh, plus tons of other stuff. So please check it all out over at ace-ed.org. And now it's time to start the uh, the Robin and Janet show. Good morning, Dr. Stern. How are you? It's Larry here. Good morning, Larry. I'm very well. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for highlighting our work and inviting us. Well, you're more than welcome, and I hope it's the, the only the first time you come on. You come on many more times as we go on. And before we go further, Thank you. what's your dog's name? What's your dog's name? It's not my dog. It's Janet's dog. That's my dog. Her name is Jazzy. She's a big white Samoyed, and she barks. So I'm trying to get her out of the room. No, 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 no. You have to understand. You have to understand. Dogs are dogs are always invited here on Education Talk Radio. Okay. Give her a cookie. Give her a cookie. Yeah, you're welcome. Tell her Uncle Larry. It's from Uncle Larry. There you go, baby. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Uncle Larry. Well, well trained. I know. What can I tell you? Nothing. No, don't. Don't even worry about. Uh, Janet, how you doing, Dr. Patty? I'm doing well today. I actually am looking forward to having a, a really good conversation with all of us. I think it is, it's so important for our educators out there, our listeners, to be able to really know about what's going on and what helps in schools, what helps yeah. our leaders. So I, we, I'm we looking need forward it. to it. We need, we need it more than ever. I gotta, I'm going to start the show, and I love this. Okay, I, I, I read a lot of the book, not the whole thing, and then I got to the afterward, which I thought should have been the forward, ah. just so you know. Okay, just ah. so you know that. Okay. I got to read this. Ah. Yeah, and this, yeah, this is from Mark. Mark Brackett wrote this. Mark is a professor at the Yale Child Study Center. Oh, I forgot to tell everybody, that's what you guys do. I'll be that to in. He's founding director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. And by the way, Robin is the co-founder and senior advisor to the director at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, who happens to be Mark, okay? And she's a licensed psychoanalyst, and after she worked with Tony Soprano, she did 30 years of experience <laughs> treating individuals and couples and families. Okay? And Janet Patty, God, Janet Patty is a professor, professor emeritus. I hate to tell you that means old. Okay, that's from Latin, okay, at Hunter College School of Education. 
okay, where she, where her, she wrote where her teaching and research centered on educational leadership for 23 years. Okay, there you go. Okay, these are smart ladies. All right, let's just leave it at that. I got to read what Mark wrote here. Mark Brackett, your boss, Rob. Okay. In the, late, in the late, I love this. In the late 1990s, he's writing as an afterward in the book called Books Emotional Intelligence for School Leaders. This is Mark speaking. My uncle Marvin and I set out to bring social and emotional learning to schools. Marvin was a middle school teacher in New York who had a remarkable success with his students, and he figured out the missing link in the child's journey toward personal, social, and academic success, the ability to use their emotions wisely. Okay, but Uncle Marvin and I failed, as the paragraph continues. We were only prepared to help teachers deliver lessons to children. We weren't ready for the many teachers who were hesitant to the ideas. Teaching kids about the feeling of despair makes me sad, said one of the teachers. I'm not prepared to hear what these kids may care, said another. Boy, talk about that these days. So Uncle Marvin and Mark, Marvin and I, went back to the drawing board. We saw that we could never reach children unless we first enlisted teachers who understood the importance of emotional skills. And soon after that, we realized that only if there was commitment from the school leader could an entire school be transferred. And that's when he met, if I may segue into this show, Robin and Janet. Yeah, that should be the that should be the forward, not the afterward. That's a good one. Ladies. Yeah, we well, never thought of that. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, and you're welcome. complete yeah. and it's completely true. Uncle Marvin is watching from the sky and uh looking down on us and smiling as you're reading this forward and, and um yeah. giving him credit for his part in really uncovering the missing piece in education that he was part of. Exactly. All those, and in the 1990s, in the yes. 1990s, yeah, and the world was a lot different in the 1990s, 30 years ago, if I may, than it was than yeah. it is today, and it's it's even tougher out there these days. So, okay, Robin, I'm going to start with you. Okay, That's emotional because intelligence. I was going to tell you, I was going to say that I thought that that was kind of a perfect segue to what I wanted yeah, to say. That the world was different in 1990. Yeah. And yet, whether it was 1990 or 2024 or many years before that, emotions matter. Emotions matter every day, all day, in the lives of every person. And so why do we, why should educational leaders study, learn, work with emotional intelligence, live it every day? Because their emotions matter. It matters whether they are feeling upbeat and happy as they walk into a school. matters if they're feeling sad and distressed when they walk into a school. Your emotions are contagious, and people around you know what you're feeling, even if you're not talking about it. So to be skillful in emotional intelligence, and those are just examples, of course, but to be skillful means that you have the ability to accurately communicate what it is you're feeling, we call it name it to tame it at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. So if you can name something, then you can accurately communicate it and you can attend to it. You can you be skillful in regulating your emotions so that perhaps they're not leaking as you walk into the school, but you're managing them in a different way, regulating them in the service of your goals. Right? So using your emotions wisely means just that. It's in the service of your goals. When you can understand what you're feeling, 
You can be aware of your strengths and your challenge areas. And it affects your performance. And I know, Janet, you wanted to talk about that. Janet, go ahead. And and I I, want to say say something here before Janet gets on. Robin is the psychoanalyst of the group, okay? And she knows education mm -hmm. as well. But she's she's a PhD psychoanalyst. Janet, okay, was a professor, as we mentioned, at Hunter College School of Education, Hunter College School of Education, okay? And her research and, and her professorship was based on educational leadership. So the two of these people coming together really matters. So now take that into the, you know, we kind of know that, but now now put it into educational leadership. Janet, Dr. Patty. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Larry. So, you know, what that means is what the, what the, that it all falls down on the leader because the leader, if, if the leader is not emotionally intelligent, that is going to go through the organization. And what happened there? You still there? Uh-oh. Do we have a break? Hold on. Are you guys still there? I'm, I'm here. Can you hear me, Larry? Can you hear me? Yeah. I, I, I could, and then it broke off for a second. I don't know, what, I don't know what's okay. happening because I'm not getting any breaks or anything. I'm getting a steady line here. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Just try it. Okay. It's about how it goes through the organization when it's, the educational leader is emotionally intelligent. Yeah. yeah. Or in, right. So the climate of the school is dependent upon, honestly, has so much affected by the school leader and the culture of the school. So depending on the skill sets that that leader has, depending on the health and the um, the emotional intelligence, really, their ability to be vulnerable, their ability to be authentic, their ability to be self-aware is really yeah. going to impact the entire organization. So, you know, so, that is uh, why I'll, I'll, it is really critical. So, Jan been working with educational leaders for a long time, and I know they're good people. Please don't misunderstand this next question. How's their emotional intelligence? <laughs> okay, Janet, how's their emotional yeah. intelligence? Do they get this? And, and again, they're good people. They, Please do not misunderstand that question. <laughs> but you got to know yourself. But you you got to know yourself. Well, you have to. Well, you just answered it, right? Those yeah. that do the work, that are self-reflective, that look at themselves in the mirror. They're the ones that then say, wow, you know, I'm struggling here. I need some help. I, I need to learn some sets of skills because I'm not even sleeping at night. And then there's the opposite side. There's the ones that are autocratic in their leadership, and they realize that the culture yeah. is not thriving, right? And so for that set of people, learning these sets of skills builds empathy, gives them the ability to have more compassion, which, you know, we'll talk about as we go forward. So I think that's why it's really – well, it's not I think. I have seen, yeah, we have you know. seen, you know, the difference of what happens when all of a sudden a leader who has never thought about this emotional that's work right. sees yep. it, and then it shifts. It begins to shift. And it's not overnight. It takes time. It's a journey. Janet, I'll, I'll, I'll add to that by saying that when – Larry, I think this is an answer to your second question. Um, how do our, uh, our backgrounds – how did we combine our backgrounds that we, one of the first things we, Janet and I spoke about was, well, what kind of emotion education do educators get or educational leaders get in school? And the answer was at the time, none. Exactly. Actually, I was going to ask that. So you just answered it and I kind of knew the answer before I did, but go ahead, continue that thought. 
And it was, it was really astonishing to me, coming from my own background yeah. in psychology, that, um, that that was the case. And, and interestingly, one of the reasons that I moved from psychology alone and doing psychoanalysis, doing psychoanalytic psychotherapy in my practice to education was Janet was an inspiration for that. But the yeah. other inspiration for that was my children went to school. And every day when I walked them to school and I would say hello to the school principal and I would say hello to the teachers, I would walk away thinking, I wonder what kind of education these people have in dealing with the psychological piece and the emotional piece of what goes on in the classroom every single day, all day. And so then meeting Janet, I was able to ask that question and we thought, okay, so this is something that this is a way, not exactly the roadmap that we use, but we got there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. We can explain how we actually got to create the coaching program but um, oh. or a coaching approach, but we, we really felt that we could do something to close that gap, to help leaders understand what they were feeling because, as Janet said, you know, a happy leader is a happy school. A crabby leader is a crabby school. And that's just the way it is because emotions are contagious and because they're impacting everyone all day long. Right. Yeah, they, they, right yeah, go ahead, Janet, go ahead. What were you going to say? Um, no, no, I, I, I was just going to say, you know, so that, um, that factor of that emotional contagion that has so much to do with what happens in schools. And, I, you know, I, when I was doing my doctorate, I traveled around to the country, and I was, I'm going back now, um, and when I, in the 1990s, and I, I, I was, in, you know, in several states, and uh, looking at the time, I was focused on social-emotional learning for children, and um, right. that was yeah. my area yeah. of research. You know, what's going on in terms of are people able, are bringing in SEL, and is it working? And this is, you know, in the early days before it really became accepted to even teach it in schools. And what I found was that, you know, the children were learning the strategies and the skills that needed to be learned if the teacher had bought into it. But if there was no principal or no leader that was saying, we need to do this, then, you know, only one classroom would be, they'd have to close their door and the kids are great and they're learning all these skills, but they go out on the playground and then, you know, the other kids weren't getting them, and it was a mess. You know, there was fights, and there was this, and, and, you know, violence. And But when the principal was trained, then it changed completely. Um, and, and so that's what, one of the reasons why Robin and I said, hey, we've got to focus on these leaders. We've got to do something for them to become introspective and reflective and look at their own leadership. It sure does. And I want to ask this. Okay, in Mark's afterward of the book, he talked about how the teachers at a school need to be involved, and to lead the way, we have to have the school leader to be involved. Okay, Janet, I'm going to ask you because you, yeah, I agree absolutely, but you were at Hunter College School of Education, okay, and part of what you had to do, okay, was convince Hunter that this was important (laughs) enough to have courses in it, okay. Okay, uh, and, and uh, let's not forget in this in this mix. Okay, education schools. All right, education schools have to recognize how important this is. I think they are they are trying to. But I'm curious. Okay, what was that fight like? 
okay, within within oh, Hunter's God. College of Education and our, our other colleges of education. You're smart enough to know this. Following suit on this and understanding how important this is as they train educational leaders, okay? And we're going to talk oh, about God. how you guys do it with Star Factor, okay, in a minute. But but right. I want to hear about this side of it. What's your thought on that, Janet? Are the, are the okay, uh, so colleges of triggered- education so- reaction? <laughs> Yeah. So you're triggering my emotions now. Robin, calm her down. Calm her down. Lithium. Lithium. Janet, Robin. you, you have strategies. Yeah. yeah. You have strategies. Take a breath. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do have the strategies. So really the story was that I was doing all this research and studying and learning. And, you know, we'd have meetings. I'd share it. People listen. Because of the isolation and the, the funnels that ha- exist, that, you know, in, in higher education, everybody's doing their own thing. So that's the first thing. Exactly. They, that's, nobody that's plays in the sandbox yeah. together. Right. That's the way it is. So, um, so I, you know, as the years went on and I was doing this, I was, you know, isolated. And I was looked at by the deans at the time as of looking at an area of research that is really uh, soft and isn't really worth looking at. And so I was yeah. actually poo-pooed by one of the deans for a number of years. And it was really painful because he, he basically would, would – he laughed at the fact that we were seeing this. We brought Mark in, Robin and I, actually, for a presentation. Well, and his comment was, yeah, you know, so-so. <laughs> and so it was very painful. But, you know, I – yeah, because schools and, – and I think you're right. It is starting to change. It, it began to change with teacher development, but it, leader development is the last thing. People just don't get it. And, yeah, oh, I could feel it now. I'm working hard. I'm breathing. You know, it was really, it, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was professionally, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a professional suicide in a way. I was feeling like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this at first. And, yeah. you know, maybe I have to get, so what I did was, you know, I continued and I hooked up with, Robin and Yale and yeah. started to do more research and, you know, and still continue even now as we're retired. Well, Robin and I are working hard on research to study what we're doing because it's so, it's really new. And well, you, know, well, you can't, it's well, like anything else. You're doing more else. than studying. You're doing more than studying. Okay. And this is the point I'm going to swing over to Robin. Okay. Robin, star factor coaching okay that's what you guys <laughs> yes, sir. okay and beyond the book you guys I, I'll, I'll put it this way are making an effort to get out in the schools and do professional development I'm going to call it that for the heck of it but Robin talk about what you've developed with Jen beyond the book again the book is called emotional intelligence for school leaders but beyond that you have star factor coaching and I have this odd feeling since you're now in education that star is an acronym but am I right no, you're not right. Oh, wow. <laughs> but wow. Star, so we, we took the, um, we looked at all the research about uh, people who perform to a higher degree than other people in corporations that Dan Goldman and Richard Biasis had done. And they, and we saw the gap between average performers and what they called star mm-hmm. performers. Ah, and there you go. Thank you were those performers who had uh, most of the competencies that made the difference were competencies of emotional intelligence. Wow. And so that's why we changed our uh, coaching process and coaching, uh, well, that's why we named the coaching process Star Factor. 
And oh, what um, is talk about it. Yeah, talk about it. Yes. Oh, I'm going to talk about it. We. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about whether I was thinking about whether or not I should include the fact that we talked about it initially over a glass of wine. I don't see why not. It was very relaxing. Why not? <laughs> why not? So um, we we, really, we met at a Janet and I met each other at Summer Institute that was put on at the time by um, a Columbia at a Finger Lakes Winery at a Finger Lakes Winery. <laughs> no, no, it I mean, wasn't a winery. No. All right, sorry. It was a Columbia University continuing uh, ed program, and I at the time was teaching at Columbia University, and I was the associate director of this small organization um, that grew over time with Jonathan Cohen as my director, and we had summer institutes a long time ago, Janet, and Janet and I mm-hmm. went out one night after meeting each other there. We were talking about um, what, how we could contribute and how we could join forces in uh, working in this field. And around the same time, through different routes, each one of us went to the training that Richard and Dan, Dan Goldman and Richard Boyatis offered in the Emotional Intelligence Competency Inventory. And we both walked away from that training thinking, well, it's really great, so we took this assessment and everyone around us took this assessment. But then what do people do with it? So now, like rolling the camera forward these many years, they, the people who give the ECI and Dan Goldman in particular has a whole coaching program. But then there was no coaching program. There was no way for people who took the assessment to really process the information over time to, to work with their scores and then go out there in the world using the world as their world as their laboratory and develop these skills that they had suddenly learned they were lacking in or skills that, that were, were really strong. They weren't able to use them to, to they weren't mm-hmm. able to leverage them to, uh, to really improve scores or areas of competency that, let's say, self-awareness or self-management that they wanted to improve on. So we said, why don't we do that? And we spoke mm-hmm. with Dan Coleman at the time and Richard Boyasis at the time, and they were really mm-hmm. in favor of us moving forward just as colleagues, and, and they've been wonderful mentors, both of them, yeah. and uh, Carrie Chernis as well have been our mentors through the years in working mm-hmm. in building what we've built. And it is a process where coach and client sit together for a series of six to eight sessions initially we had, um, which was mm-hmm. too many for the Board of Ed, um, but yeah. really we, we felt that it was an eight-session commitment, and they um, met each other, they greeted each other, they unpacked the scores of uh, the client would take the assessment, 360-degree Dan and Richard assessment at the time, and um, Mm -hmm. create a vision for themselves. Where did they want to go? So the coaching is, I'm walking you through the sessions, and the coaching was led by the client's vision. So this is a Mm -hmm. school leader who has either elected to take the coaching or has been asked to take the coaching, Mm -hmm. or a superintendent who has elected to take this coaching program or has been asked by the professional development people in the district, in the the city of New York, for example. I may Mm -hmm. not be getting this right, Janet, and you can correct me when you go, when you, when you, I stop talking in a second. Well, the chancellor. Yeah, you're right. The chancellor, chancellor, basically. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. 
yeah, asked these superintendents in New York to take advantage of the fact that we were offering this coaching work. And so unpacking their scores, creating their own vision, telling the coach their story of themselves initially before they dove into trying to meet their goals using different competencies and then setting goals for themselves, taking a values clarification along the way um, and with sessions, awareness is building. They're learning more skills. Mm -hmm. They're learning the ruler skills as well, recognizing, understanding, labeling, expressing, and regulating, and the competencies that Mm -hmm. Dan Goldman and Richard Boyasis used to build their uh, 360-degree inventory. And importantly, because I was working at Yale at the time, and knew of the work, the important work of ruler, recognizing, understanding, labeling, expressing, and regulating emotions, and that definition of emotional intelligence. But originally steeped in the work of Dan and Richard, we combined those two mm-hmm. ways of investigating your own emotional intelligence in our mm-hmm. coaching practice. And it is really the only coaching practice that does that. So it's unique yeah. in that we're looking at the competencies that resonate for leaders like teamwork, cooperation, mm-hmm. and we're taking that apart and saying, okay, but what are the emotion skills involved in being able to be a good team player in doing teamwork? Well, you need to recognize mm-hmm. your own emotions and those of others. You need to be able to effectively and helpfully express your emotions. You need to understand. You need to label. So all the rulers still come into play mm. for the competencies mm-hmm. themselves. And it's really powerful to learn the discrete mm-hmm. skills. Oh, I'm sure. And yet uh, and build your competency as a leader. I'll stop talking there, Janet. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful, Robin. Yes. That just... No, well, she just summarized it so well. I, I mean, I think that that's the, that unique feature that she mentioned is really a critical to it, the success of why um, leaders are, are enjoying and actually pursue, you know, pursuing this kind of work. Um, I, I would add that, so bringing my background into it and adding in how do educators, how are they used to learning? They, you know, they're a specific breed. I think you know that. And um, in order to get buy, in order to get buy-in from educators to have you know research based, you have to have all your ducks in a row. So we took we we took all of those and into it to make sure that we were creating a model that they could digest. So what we did is we our manuals um, our coaching method is blended. So that means that we are at basically teaching to some extent by introducing concepts for them to work with in the session, but then being there for them to guide the session. Because most coaching, as you know, is all of, it's, it's, it's client-directed. Uh, so our thing was, okay, but we have to make sure they learn the skills. And so it, we have training with it. Right. And additionally, we do do training with it, so that helps. But in the sessions, we would make sure to say, okay, so – um, so let's think about those ruler skills, right? You know, to teach them what they are, and and what do you see is what skill, what emotion skill is coming up at this point or being challenged that is underlying the uh, your ability to manage conflict. This is what Robin was explaining. 
And so I think that plus the fact that we actually scripted the manual. Now, I don't mean we scripted word for word what they say, but we have it in a way like a curriculum that um, they need, leaders need. So it, and because they, they're not psychologists, they're not um, they don't have training in, in, in the work that we're doing. And so what we needed to do was to have, have something they could understand, a visual that they could say, ah, oh, okay, this is what this means. And, and the coach, and I'm talking about the coach, would be able mm-hmm. to um, explain to them and have they have now literature to go back to read, articles, whatever. That's the kind of thing you got to do with educators. And so I think that made it more uh, digestible for them. And I'll just go ahead. Can I, I wanted to focus on that for a minute, Larry. So the coach, um, we worked with the coach so that the, not only were they learning the skills of emotional intelligence to and active listening and empathic attunement, but also the, the, underlying sense of positive regard and support for their client, that there was mm-hmm. an atmosphere of, uh, or interpersonal dynamic between them, a co-created space between them, and in the intersubjective experience between client and coach, there is an experience for the client of psychological mm-hmm. safety. And I know yeah. built it uh, to be consistent with a model of psychology that I studied, which is the theoretical model of self-psychology, which means just very simply that if a child, or in this case the client, if a client has what he or she need or what, what they need to um, be safe and comfortable and thrive at particular level they're at, they will naturally move to the next level given the guide. So it's not a it's a very positive growth promoting or growth defining uh, model that we can give mm-hmm. guidance, don't have to be controlling about where people go. It's really important and I'm, given- first, I'm going to tell you something. I'm, 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 I want to put this into perspective for everybody, okay, a little bit uh, more, mm-hmm. uh, more so down down into the nitty-gritty, okay? You just mm-hmm. mentioned a, a, a psych, psych, feeling psychologically safe, and that's something that's really mm-hmm. important today, okay, in schools. And uh, mm-hmm. believe me, there's a yes. lot of people who don't feel that way, a lot of teachers, a lot of principals mm-hmm. and administrators, and a lot of kids, okay? They just don't feel psychologically safe, and the pandemic, by the way, didn't mm-hmm. help. All right? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the key things Okay, that's going to change school culture because I, I know you both are on top of this. You know, there's chronic absenteeism through school, uh, in schools right now in American schools. And one of the problems is the kids don't feel safe there, or or they're psychologically mm-hmm. they don't feel like they have to go. It's not that they're all truant. That's not what's happening. No, they are truant. I don't mean it that way, but it's not a uh, a mean sense of truancy. Okay, if, if there's something else going on in their heads. Okay, and in order to stop that and bring it back, we have to create psychologically safe schools, welcoming schools, etc. Okay, and you know that's that's really what you're trying. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Okay, I'll, whichever one of you, I'll throw it to a Janet. You can swing it over to Robin if you want. That's really what we need to do here. That's what we're talking about. 
But it's also going to yeah. and the other problem is and the other problem is teacher burnout. If teachers aren't happy, oh. okay, yeah, you know they're they're gonna they're, they are doing it. They're walking, okay. And who's going to come mm-hmm. in and take their place? All right, in this day and age. It's a big so problem. Janet, Absolutely. go ahead, correct the world. You're on. Well, Larry, no, Larry, I'm just so glad you you put that in there because it's it, it's it's really pathetic, and you know that some oh. people don't get this, at, you know. And the the good news is that social emotional learning is becoming more uh, predominant now, and that that's helping. But it depends yeah. on the teacher. It depends on the principal, no matter what. So, for example, in the coaching process, I'm going to go back to that for a second. Yes, this psychological safety is critical. They don't, they being the leaders, they are isolated. They're lonely. They have no one to talk to unless they get together with each other, and there's absolutely no time for them to, to feed one another, to nurture one another. So they're alone out there, and superintendents too, you know, anyone in a, in a leadership, it's a bureaucracy it's, it, that is so sure is. Uh, antiquated. It, it's back in the 1900s when, you know, science, you know, management was, was really the way that, you know, everything was in rows and, um, you know, we were a bureaucracy and people were used to autocratic leadership. You know, it's amazing how all these years later it hasn't changed a lot. It's changing, but it's not changing fast enough. And so those principals, when they're being coached, uh, they, they honestly, their feelings come up. They share. Some of them cry. Some of them, you know, they, they, they finally feel safe enough to be able to, put out their emotions and really be honest with themselves because that coach is, is a guide, is not there to do anything but to, to help listen to them and then guide them to make the decisions for themselves of what their next steps are. And that has been critical. It sure and is. You, it's, it's good. And, yeah. and I'll, um, um, yeah, I want to use this moment just to talk a little bit about our process. Because, as you said, Larry, we train coaches as well as offer mm-hmm. coaching. And the process of right. training was largely based on the way I learned how to be a therapist, which means mm-hmm. that when I had to be in therapy. So our coaches, yeah. when people come to us to train to be a coach, they receive coaching. And while they're starting their, if you will, in coaching, they, they select clients in their own life to do pilot work while they're under our supervision. And even right. as they walk out, when we get when we uh, work with large groups, we build in supervision for the people who are trained to be coaches. And what we're learning is over time we want to build in even more supervision because not only yeah. do people who are beginning in this work want to have the opportunity to say, well, I said this, what do you think about that? Or, you know, I said this and I noticed that was a result of that and how could I have done it different? They want the, they want the They want the opportunity to hear from other people who are out there doing coaching as well. So those circles, those gatherings of people who are training to be coaches have been really um, invigorating and inspiring. Yeah. Uh, it's a learning opportunity. For people who are out there, and mm. so very protective of our process of training because it's, it's right. really but critical. 
Janet. It should be. I mean, it's it's fascinating no. what, what it's fascinating. This is all fascinating. That Janet, did you, who, who wants to say somebody just started to say something? I think it was Janet. Who started to say something? No, yeah, well, no, my the phone is going in a little bit in and out, so every yeah, now and then just it. a little bit of what. So, yeah, so I was, uh, no, I think you know, Robin said it well. It's our process is is really very important, and um, the other piece is many of our coaches are former principals or former superintendents. So Thank another you. level that is, yeah, we and and we purposefully do that. Because we, because in education, there's no trust. But when they know that somebody was a former uh, leader, then they say, ah, you really understand. And we don't, we don't mentor them uh, unless, like, say, for example, you come in and you just had, uh, let's say, an explosion of a teacher who was crying and came to your office. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it was a whole emotional scene. You know, then we let them let that out, right? First in the in the session, and we work with their emotions in the moment, and that's a place where a principal who's been there, who's the coach yep. now, might say, "Let me put let me put my mentor hat on, right? I'm going to switch a little bit here, and let me tell you something because you're 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 you're, you're emotional and you're you're asking, and you're, there's some suggestions that I could make that might help you in your process of dealing with." Not with the emotions on the moment, but dealing with how to deal with the people in those situations and what the experience he has had. That happens when the, and it's great. So that's why we call it blended because we do some mentoring when needed Mm -hmm. and most of the time we do coaching. But sometimes they just need that, you know, the the, the coach has the experience and, and it's a new principle. And they're, you know, they, so the mentor will say, okay, I'm going to put on my hat. And here's something you might think about, yeah. So it's, 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 uh, it's very this whole thing very specific. Okay. It's very specific, and I have to tell you, it's it's everywhere across. It's needed everywhere across the country, okay. And the training well, has been lacking, okay. And it's time to education, schools, etc., to understand how important this is. That's why the book is so important. Ladies, I hate to do this, but we got to go. We're running out of time. So I'm going to say Robin Stern and Janet Patty, you two are great guests. Thank you so much. Okay, give the dog a cookie. Thank you, Larry. Give the dog a cookie, by the way. Thank you so much, Larry. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Larry. The dog gets You guys did great. I can't. You can give each other a cookie if you want, but really the dog gets a cookie. (laughs) Thanks so much, Larry. Larry. Yeah, you're welcome. This was great. Right. Thank you both. Thank you. Okay, have a great Thank day. You. Thank, Thank you. you for realizing Bye. importance. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, it Thank is you. important. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. What terrific ladies, everybody. Boy, are they great. That's Dr. Robin Stern and Dr. Janet Patty Robbins, the co-founder and senior advisor to the director at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. And Janet is a professor emeritus at Hunter College School of Education. Together they run Star Factor Coaching, which I have linked here. So the book and Star Factor Coaching are both linked on site. You should really check it out. Really, And the book's well-written. It's good stuff. All right. We're going to archive over at ace-ed.org. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Free K-12 Education Radio. Everybody have a good day. Even if you're in Detroit or even if you're in Baltimore.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.